Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. As we wrap up the weekend, I wanted to share some news about the case out of Moscow, Idaho. So I'm going to jump right into that. On the heels of News Nation's latest revelations about how University of Idaho students Ethan Chapin and Zanar Kurnodal died in the early morning hours of November 13, 2022, with Ethan being found in the doorway with a slash across his neck and Zana having nearly severed fingers from trying to fight back and trying to grab the K-bar in an attempt to pry it from the perpetrator's hand. We are now also hearing from one of Ethan's family members. And I have to say between what News Nation shared and now this new information from Ethan's sister-in-law, well, allegedly from the sister-in-law, I think we have a more accurate understanding of the sights and sounds that occurred between roughly 4.06 a.m. and 4.20 a.m. on November 13th. And the sights and sounds are what anyone would expect when four human beings were harmed in the manner that these precious students were. An account believed to belong to Ethan's sister-in-law made a post that reads as follows, and I quote, Yes, I hope it will come out what Dee heard. Dee supposedly called the girls in the house after the crying and screaming stopped and no one answered and she still didn't call the police. She needs to explain herself and her actions that night. End quote. This would mean that there was both crying heard and screaming, as we could all imagine if one of our roommates encountered a masked man holding a K-bar. Of course, Zana would have screamed at the sight of what was done to Ethan and the sight of this stranger, what is unclear from this post is if Dylan called out to her friends or if she called them using her cell phone. The way it's written makes me lean toward her calling them with her phone. Either way, you know, they could have not answered her shouts or not answered her phone calls. But this makes it clear that Dylan was not in a frozen shock phase, at least at that point. And if she had the clarity of mind and the ability to dial her roommates, then she should have been able to dial 911. Does this mean that Bethany was also aware of all of that? Crying and screaming, or at least received a call from Dylan M. as well? If so, why didn't Bethany dial 911? We have two roommates, then, who would not have dialed 911. The additional detail makes Dylan's lack of contacting the authorities all the more difficult to understand. And the sister-in-law, when questioned about who did call the police, said that the 911 caller was the friend who went in because Dylan called him to come over because she was scared from what she heard the night before. Crying, screaming, the dog barking. Why didn't anybody dial 911? And if you don't get an answer back from your friends, you would think that the feeling would be all the more frantic 
to try to call the police, try to get emergency responders over there to take a look. It's all still so baffling, but each little piece of the puzzle is adding to the picture. I just wanted to share that with you guys as soon as possible. So there you go. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hope you have a good evening. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.